0: It's time for Eye Pella Saturday Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS Champaign-Urbana, where we talk all things Eye along with other area and national sports. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Now, here are your hosts. Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly.
1: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the show, Illinois Pelos Saturday Sports Talk, early edition again this week as we have Illinois football coming your way at 11 o'clock. Our pregame coverage starting at 9. I am at Huntington Bank Stadium in Minneapolis, Minnesota, home of the Golden Gophers and the Illinois. A two touchdown underdog to Minnesota who leads the Big Ten Western Division. This game kicks off. At eleven oh one, Mister Tate, how you doing this morning? Doing good. Uh, good weather up in Minnesota, huh? The, uh, for, for November,
2: that's good. That's good news, isn't it?
1: Well, no kidding. I've, I saw some people already this morning in shorts and t-shirts.
2: In <laughs> Great. November.
1: It's forty-six degrees now. They're saying it's going to be about fifty-four, fifty-five at kickoff, and probably in the second half in the low sixties. So yeah, you don't. Uh, and I think we're getting here at a good time. I watched the local weather last night, and uh, this time next week they might have uh, four to Eight inches of snow in some areas up here. So did you uh, survive your birthday week okay, all the the parties? It it just went on and on, didn't it?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no problems there.
1: So Uh, we've got that to look forward to if we hit that number, huh? A week-long party? Oh, man. I don't know you you might not want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Some uh Illinois basketball news, of course, the season opener is coming up on uh, Tuesday night. Got a verbal commitment from a young man from St. Rita in Chicago, Mores Johnson Jr., a 6-8 uh, power forward in the class of 2024.
2: Yeah, that's a long way off, Steve. <laughs> I hope we can hang around for that long, but uh I'm never uh too confident about situation. I I don't I don't know why uh, I, Jeremy Richmond comes to mind some way. Yes, doesn't? it does. <laughs> and he, he he committed real early, and he was a superstar high school player, but never quite uh, He just didn't couldn't get things squared around here, could he?
1: No, he couldn't. And uh, but yeah, that is a long way away. But I remember Tracy Abrams mm-hmm. signing and re- not signing early, but because you can't sign very early. But verbally a long time ago when Paul Cleve was still here and. That worked out okay, but uh, uh, so who knows how it's going to go, but a lot of folks uh, have, including Brad Sturdy and some of the guys, Derek Piper, they've got uh, some high opinions of what this kid is and what he might be.
2: Yeah. By the way, uh, you mentioned Paul Clee, and I was going to tell you he's going to be in Chicago next in four weeks because Marcus Jackson, his old roommate, is getting married. Marcus worked for the newspaper for a long time, you remember? Yeah, I do. And uh, four weeks, I... I I think it's December the 3rd uh, that Marcus is going to be tying, tying himself up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, good for him. And I heard Marcus was in town uh, for one of the football games, uh, one of the home games, I think. Yeah, he was in to... town last night. He was here. Was
2: he? You got to see him last night, and he's in, he's in great shape. He's looking, he's looking terrific, and he's got a good job up there, and
1: everything's going well. So how are you uh, sizing up this ball game? We'll talk more about it a little bit later on. But uh, as I mentioned off the top, Illinois, a couple of touchdown underdog here. Yeah,
2: you know, uh, Steve, you kind of, really can't help how you feel about a game. And I felt really uncertain going into the Penn State game and Illinois won. I felt better about the Rutgers game and Illinois lost. I don't feel so good today. Maybe that's a good sign. I just don't like the way we match up with those huge Minnesota linemen. But... Uh, Maybe Illinois can throw some passes in there. They, they were able to pass last week. We just, What we need is a good combination of both, running and passing, and we'd have a shot.
1: We're going to talk more about uh, this game as we move along in our uh, one-hour edition of the show this morning. We're going to start with some uh, golf talk, the Atkins Golf Course. Some elements are open. We're going to learn more about that. Jackie Simoniak uh, joins us. She's the uh, University of Illinois Director of Golf Operations. She's been busy with the... Uh, redo of the golf course and getting everything going good morning jackie how are you good morning
3: well thanks for uh, having me on this morning
1: no problem great
3: day here when you see the sun shining right
1: it really is and you've got the uh, the pro shop open now and the uh, driving range and the putting green tell us more about it and uh, get the folks up to date on what's going on out there
3: Sure, yeah. It's been uh, great here for the last about two weeks now. Um, We opened up the pro shop and the driving range in the main putting green back on October 22nd, and it's really been encouraging and uh, fun to see the people come out and actually put, you know, some faces to names again and have the facility utilized. Obviously, it's only to a small extent right now, um, but I'd say the overall excitement level has been really high, and um it's been you know we we moved the pro shop area and uh i think people have been kind of pleasantly surprised when they walk in and and uh you're able to look down hole 1 and hole 10 and you see the a new putting green that went in as well and um with all the rain that we've had you know there's good and bad to everything but with all the rain that we've had it actually has everything greened up really nicely and it makes the new bunkers pop quite a bit so um hopefully we'll see you over here soon.
1: Well, you will, no doubt. Uh, you've got a, a new director of golf who's been on the job a few months, uh, Jim Bussey. Tell us about him.
3: Yes, we we're really excited to get Jim. You know, part of deciding to uh, go with Troon as our management company was obviously we, we felt like they could um, – established this golf course in the manner that we wanted in terms of hiring great staff and producing a, a tremendous product and a great customer service. And they definitely nailed it with the hire of Jim is our director of golf here. He came from Wisconsin, uh, where he served as the head pro at Wild Ridge and Mill Run Golf Courses. And he's also spent time at uh, Grand Geneva, resort and geneva national as well so he's although maybe not in illinois at least a uh, a midwestern and familiar you know with our to an extent with our seasons and just uh the way we like to do things here and um he's even got some experience on as a faculty member for the pga pgm program too that's uh, down in florida so he had a just a, a great resume and a tremendous personality he actually uh has a few ties to Champaign urbana because he played um, basketball for Parkland, as a matter of fact, uh, just m- maybe a few years ago. <laughs> but Jack, he's, he's Jackie,
2: this business. is Lauren. Uh, you haven't. Yes. Met, what's the status of the restaurant?
3: The restaurant. Well, we actually have uh, Ryan Rogers here with us this morning as well, and uh, I might hand it on over to to him because we did just uh, make the announcement last week regarding the, the name of the restaurant in terms of homegrown. And um, he can dive in a little bit more about what, uh, what's going on over there, if that works. Sure. Good morning.
1: Hey, Ryan, uh, Just uh, this is Steve Kelly and Lauren Tate. We just kind of want to get an update on uh, homegrown, uh, the restaurant, and when it might open, what the menu is going to be like. Could you do that?
4: Uh, I'll, I'll give you as much as I can.
1: <laughs> Lay it on us.
4: <laughs> so... Uh, Well, we are hoping to open uh, around the beginning of December. Um, Of course, you guys, I'm sure, know that these things get delayed, but uh, the menu is going to be very similar to our restaurant in St. Joe, which is the wheelhouse. So very farm-to-table focused. um, Comfort food with a little twist uh, is our style of food. So we're very excited, and we're starting to get the staff ready and and get everyone trained and, and get this
1: thing open. December 1st is not that long away. You know that, don't you?
4: <laughs> uh, well, don't mention that.
3: <laughs> I, I, what, I, what I heard there was early December.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and <laughs> right, Ryan...
3: You always shoot for the moon, don't you, Steve?
1: <laughs> yeah. You and your wife, Abby, right, are, are working on this. Exactly. You've got a restaurant in uh, St. Joe's, is that correct?
4: That's right, the Wheelhouse. And we've been open uh, almost five years now, so...
1: So will that be similar, a uh, similar fare of uh, food there?
4: Very similar, yes. It will, we'll keep uh, the same ideas but do some different dishes here, and we'll have uh, – luckily we're going to have four acres that we're going to be able to farm just across the golf course, so it'll be a true farm-to-table restaurant where we, we can go pick fresh produce in the morning and put it on the plate in the afternoon.
3: It, and I'd add one of the things that we're really excited about too, just uh, beyond just the energy expertise and uh, uh, professionalism, the whole deal that Abby and Ryan bring here, but within the restaurant spaces as well that we modified some. You know, they're going to have kind of that, that main area that was uh, that was once Addie's as you walk in through the lobby, but then over to the left where the pro shop golf course pro shop used to be that's actually becoming a little more like a sports bar area too um so that we've already got some you know you're fighting eye graphics and things like that in there and you'll have a lot of tvs and um maybe a few more of the uh, appetizer and your your golfers coming in from the course will be able to go there get there get a quick bite and uh, get the drink and ready to go Perfect place for a beer and some cheese curds as you come Mm -hmm. off the
2: course. Now, do you still have the upstairs area available for major events?
3: We do, yes. We have on the the regular level, we've got the small private dining room that's good for about 15 to 30 folks. And then upstairs, uh, you're right, Lauren, we've got that for about, uh, you know, you can have anywhere from 100 or 75 folks and up to 200 Uh, depending on if you have a dance floor, then it cuts that down to about 150, but that we've, we're still completing the renovation of those in terms of, we've got, and really through the whole restaurant, we've got new carpeting, um, some new paint on the walls, uh, some you know, just different more Illini themed uh, decorations, and uh, we're doing some new lighting and there's definitely some, some cool features now. And ultimately our goal is that when somebody comes in here, they get the feeling that they are in a University of Illinois Department of Intercollegiate Athletics facility. You know, you've got the, the Line Eye branding and um, feel like you're at home. And like Ryan said, you can get some good, uh, comfort, comfort food with a twist as well.
1: Hey, Jackie, let's talk about uh, the 2022 season, when you expect the course to open to the public, and if you would, a little bit about uh, the upcoming rates for 2022.
3: Sure, by all means. We, we envision opening up uh, or having a grand opening, I should say, in early June. Um, you know, there's a, there might be a chance that we could get a little bit of rounds on prior to that, but uh, that early June is kind of what we see as a a a great date where we know that we can come out of the winter time um you know do the final touches on the golf course that will be needed and have this place ready to roll for folks and ready to see it at a high level as well so we've we've been offering i guess a couple different promotions you know obviously a lot of people Uh, had the inquiry about memberships or season passes for this coming year, we will actually be doing what we're calling a player's card. So it's an Atkins player's card. Um, The reason we're doing this is just because we won't be open for the entirety of a full year. So with the player's card, essentially people are buying into it with a card, and then that gets them a, a discounted, more or less the lowest rate that's going to be offered. So the player's card, for example, is three hundred dollars. Um, with that being said, we have different opportunities for discounts. Like if you're a if you're a U of I employee or Stone Creek uh, HOA, um, you know if you're a student, faculty, seniors, there's different things right now that can get you a fifty dollar discount off of that card rate as well. And then we're also running a promotion until December twenty third. If you get that players card, you can get fifty dollar shop credit. So, you know, depending on how you look at it, really it might be between two or three hundred, two $200 or two fifty that you're really paying for the card. And then you get to get some merchandise inside too. But that players card locks in a rate of forty five dollars with a cart. Um, for 18 holes, and that would be any day. So whether it's during the week or on the weekend, um, and then $30 if you're walking. So that's essentially the lowest rate that you're going to see. Um, Our standard, you know, rate on a weekend, so a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, would traditionally be $79 uh, if you're taking a cart. So that's where, you know, obviously everyone's going to have their... Their priorities and the n- amount of golf that they think they're going to play and when they think they're going to play, and they can uh, make the best decision for them. Uh, but we have we've had a lot of a lot of people come in and and purchase the players card and uh, excited and ready for the 2022 season.
1: What's the uh, normal weekday rate? Is there a, a break from uh-huh. the weekend rate? Yeah,
3: there is, yes. Yeah. So the, the Monday to Thursday rate is $64 for riding, and then it's 44 for walking. And really on, take that Monday to Thursday rate, we do have a, um, we have a senior, you know, there's a senior discount that's 20% off uh, before 3 p.m. And, you know, we have some other discounts though with the HOA that's 20% off, uh, military. So there's, There are a handful of other opportunities where you can get a discount, but ultimately the lowest rate would still be if you have a player's card.
1: Right. Jackie, good stuff. And uh, Ryan, thanks to you as well. We look forward to uh, getting out there soon. Anything either one of you would like to add here before we let you go? Uh,
3: I can't say so. I would just uh, once again appreciate or extend our appreciation to you for having us on, and uh, to the community too. I think it's been really fun to have people walk through, and I can't tell you the the number of questions, whether it be for the restaurant or the golf course, and you explain the the new holes and the changes, and people are just really excited. So we're we're thankful for that, and um, just look forward to showcasing the product here soon.
1: That's Jackie Simoniak and Ryan Rogers out at the Atkins Golf Club in Urbana. Thanks, uh, both of you, for your time. We'll see you soon. All right. Take care.
5: Thanks, guys. I bet.
1: And sitting next to us here in... Minneapolis at Huntington Bank Stadium is our good friend Mike Grimm. Grimmer how are you? Hey
5: doing great good to see you.
1: Yeah good good to see you. How many years have you been up here now from uh, KMOX?
5: 16 years. Is that right? Yeah Yeah. time flies it's uh it's been a while yeah um so this is 16 years uh 11 now with football and then uh, all 16 with men's basketball and um enjoying it you know.
1: You and I crossed paths when you were at KMOX and I think it was at the NCAA tournament somewhere along the way where we first met up and uh have been good buddies ever yeah, since. Yeah, it's been
5: great. I believe that was in Indianapolis. Was. I think it was a good, uh, I think Missouri, Illinois, and Southern Illinois, I think we're all at right. that tournament, right? And um had a good time. Yeah, it was fun.
1: Well, tell us about this uh, Minnesota team. You've had uh, some issues at running back, but it hasn't seemed to affect it anything. Uh, you're still putting up 222 yards a game on the ground.
5: Yeah, you know, and I, I mean, I do think the running back depth is clearly really good, and the guys that are playing are good players, young players that probably wouldn't be playing, obviously, without the injuries. But I also think it, you know, is a tip of the cap to uh, this offensive line. They have two sixth-year seniors, two fifth-year seniors, and a fourth-year senior all playing. And then they have two or three guys that they rotate through there that have been around as well, uh, a kid named Axel Rushmeyer, who started much of last year, um, and Nathan Bowe, who comes in and some of those heavy looks uh, you know, on the fighting line i have gone to some of that heavy look as well. And um, it really does create some stress on the defense, because you'd think it would be easier, because you're you almost for sure going to run, but. Um it, 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 when when all those linemen are there, you don't know where to fit, and all right. of a sudden you fit the wrong way, and um, you've got a nice gain. So they have uh, they they that that has been a big factor when you got that much experience. Um, there's a kid named Connor Olson for this Gopher team who's basically started every game for the last five years. So he mm-hmm. has like 50. I think today's his 54th career start. Um, if he stays healthy the rest of the way, he'll have started more games than any player in the history of the Big Ten. But when you have the COVID year factored in, and right. he's now in his sixth year of playing, um,
1: there's a lot of records. There's a world. lot of
5: records that are that are that are kind of go career records especially but right. um, but he but he has three or four teammates right behind him in those numbers and so that that's a that's been a key here particularly the last four weeks they really struggled um in that game against bowling green and and, and nobody knows really how that all happened but it happens sometimes and um they've been really good since
2: well mike Grimm, this is lauren good to talk to you again yeah uh, hello tell me uh, if illinois is going to win this game how would they have to go about it
5: Well, I think they, uh, you know, need to stop the Gopher running attack. And, you know, that that has been, uh, that's happened sometimes and not sometimes on both sides. Minnesota's rushing attack has been pretty good most games, but not every game. And the Fighting line, I have given up some big yards in some games and have shut it down. Turnovers, I think, will be key. It's always, uh, you know, that's always, um, you know, a a game-changing thing. The Gophers this year have actually won twice when they've been out-turnovered, so to speak, when they've committed more than the other team. And you can't sustain that if you keep turning the ball over. So, uh, you know, those are a couple of the things, um, you know, that, that you have to watch. And then I, I look for uh, to see what kind of game can Peters build off that first half from last week um, and, and if he can do that. Because this Gopher defense has been pretty salty all year, really, even that Bowling Green game. You know, they gave up 14 in that bad loss, and only seven really account to the defense in that day. So, um, you know, the, the Illini will have to figure out some ways to, to manufacture some points. But, man, you put that film on of the Penn State game and watch what they did against that Nittany Lion defense on the ground. And um, it, you, I, I see why, um, you know, if you're the Gopher coaches, you'd be a little nervous about this one for sure.
2: Mike, they picked this time of year to, to uh, uh, move Flex, uh contract up to 2028, I believe. Yep. Uh, is that in a, in an attempt with all these uh, open, eight or nine openings right now in, in college football or have been open? Are they trying to prevent him from moving?
5: Yeah, I think it's a combination of things. One, I really do truly think he likes it here. I think his family likes it here. I think they feel like they're on the cusp of of being able to sustain this for, for a multi-year kind of a run. Um, I think PJ Fleck is the kind of guy that would like to have, you know, what Hayden Fry and Kirk Ferentz have had at Iowa, what Barry has at Wisconsin. Stay at a place, and and you know, uh, be be good for a long period of time. That said, um, look, if other schools are going to ring the phone, um, you're probably going to want to answer. And I think there's a combo there. I think one he likes it, wants to stay and create a legacy. Um, Two other schools. Um, are using that now when they're recruiting you know they're hey you know there's five jobs that are open pj is pj going to be there when you're there and so this pretty much at least for the first three years of this contract if somebody wants to hire pj away they're gonna um, have to back up a brinks truck it's a 10 million dollar buyout i believe the first year maybe the first two years and then it shrinks to only seven million after that talking about if he leaves that's what they will owe the school so only seven
1: million.
5: yeah only seven million (laughs) now look i mean lsu's paying 17 million to have a guy walk away so uh, you know if a school really wants him th- there's probably ways to do it, but I do think this will quiet uh that down a little bit and and I think both sides um, i can see both sides like i uh, when when it was first announced on wednesday um, if you 're thinking from an agent standpoint uh, his agent's based in chicago it's uh brian harlan uh, it 's kevin harlan 's brother he represents a lot of coaches and um, and, and he uh, i 'm thinking if i 'm in his shoes, do I want p j to sign this yet Because just for the fun of the discussion i don 't think the gophers will run the table, but let 's say they do they go ten and two, and all of a sudden they 're in Indianapolis, and um, that you know you 've probably undersold a little bit now what you might have been able to get here or someplace else, but then again p j has clearly made it uh, to him to to his agent, I want to stay in Minneapolis, so I think all those things are there on the flip side. Um, what if PJ Stubbs is towing three of the four? And you're sitting at the end of the year and, uh, you know, you're you're questioning, hey, is this did this momentum uh, carry? And um, at the end of the day, we live in a world that is now more than ever um, instant, right? If, if you sign the contract Wednesday, you better win today. I mean, there will be people, if Illinois wins this game, uh, that will write and talk about things that, oh, the Gophers jumped the gun on that contract. Not really understanding <laughs> yeah. the full circuit. It's sure. a seven-year commitment here. And, um, you know, one game does not a contract make so um, it, it's a, it's an interesting world we live in that's for sure
1: losses to ohio state understandable yeah. what happened to the bowling green nobody knows <laughs> I, I don't know
5: it, it it was a it was an interesting game plan i'll say that i i, I think that um, this team and and lauren this will also maybe answer some of the other question that you asked me earlier what would illinois have to do the gophers have not played from behind much um, and um, that Bowling Green game in the second half, uh, the, so P.J. made, uh, you know, it's been discussed, he went for it fourth and one from his own 29-yard line up 10-7. They get the ball at the 29-yard line and punch it in on a, just a jump ball in the end zone on a third and long, and they they go up 14-10, so the Gophers are playing from behind. Um, they haven't I don't know if they've played from behind more than a few minutes since. So um, they got behind, and they um, the offensive line just had a weird game. Um, they uh, the undersized Bowling Green guys were getting around them. It was it was just a crazy game. It was it was so bizarre. Um, that, that that is how that game unfolded um, and you know you get invested a little bit as you're around a team you guys know that um, it didn't really phase me like I got home my wife's like how you doing I'm like I, you know what I, I, I just punt that you just gotta it's, it, it, it's, it was such a ridiculous game you just you, I, I still haven't processed it because it was it was just so weird so uh, I don't know what happened nobody knows I think they thought they'd be able just to run the ball and not have to worry about it and all of a sudden it's the fourth quarter you're down 14 10 And they could not put a drive together, and obviously they—I uh, think they've probably learned a little from that—that that, you know there, there is even against teams where you're a 30-point favorite, there's not that much wiggle room. So that would be the other thing, Lauren. If Illinois wants to win first, they have not played well in the first quarter offensively, right? Just three offensive points in each in, in the for the whole season in the first quarter no for the Fighting line. Right. No touchdowns, three points and a safety. So the offense has scored just three. Uh, and the Gophers are really good playing from ahead. I mean, PJ just loves to you know uh, basically you know uh, suction the game. Away, you know, basically just to strangle you. Once, once he's got the lead, it'll just be a slow death. And if if the Fighting Illini can come out and break the trend and score early and put Minnesota behind, um, I think that's a way that uh, the Fighting Illini can uh, you know can, can win this game as well. And and look, the fourteen point spread to me is that's crazy. I mean, this is going to I think this will be a really nice close game. It'll be a good Big Ten football game.
1: Well, Brett Bielman likes to talk about the Big Ten football in November, yeah. and, and here we are, right?
5: Well, the thing is, this game kicks at eleven oh one. We might be out of here by you know. 145 I mean you know who might have 15 passes total between the two teams
1: you talked about being able to run the ball and stopping the run and Minnesota has that combination just giving up 93 yards a game
5: yeah, they've they've done a nice job. They they um, PJ has done a good job of he's filtered in um, three grad transfers that have really had an impact. The middle linebackers, Jack Gibbons, he was a, a record-setting tackler for Abilene Christian FCS team the last handful of years out of Texas, and um, he reached out he reached out to a handful of programs and said, "I want to try my luck at a higher level. I'm going to graduate with a 4.0, and uh, I can get into your school where and so." Minnesota was about the only school that responded. They watched some tape. They weren't sure... Uh, and then I remember PJ saying they got on a Zoom call with him, and PJ like two minutes into the Zoom, I'm like, this is my kind of guy. And so they offered him, and he's been great. He's averaging eight or nine tackles a game. And then up the middle, they've got uh, two defensive tackles that they got from the S or from the ACC, uh, Clemson transfer Niles Pinckney. Um, if you look at his stats, they don't blow you away, but if you watch him play, he just he just fills space and he and he disrupts things and he bubbles that line of scrimmage. And he was a captain on that 20 I think 19 or 2018. Clemson Clemson team, whatever year it was, they won the title. He was a captain, mm-hmm. and Clemson just keeps recruiting these great kids. So he was f- falling down the depth chart, and um, um, decided that he wanted to try someplace else, and uh, and so he's been a factor. And then Val Martin is uh, is a reserve that's rotating in at defensive tackle as well. He's from North Carolina State. Um, he'll I don't know he'll play maybe twenty percent of the snaps, but. You have some depth there now, and that's important when you're when you're trying to stop the run. Um, and then they have defensive ends. And in college football, when sacks count against the rushing yards, um, obviously, if you get a lot of sacks, that's going to help that number uh, go down. And the Gophers um, didn't have any sacks in the first two games, and then they've been pretty uh, pretty good after. Boye maffe has six sacks. Thomas Rush, uh, those two guys kind of rotate. Um, he, I think he has four or five sacks. I don't have the stats in front of me, but um, I think the Gophers have 19. And remember, that's, that's that's 19 in just the last six games. They didn't have any in the first two. Ohio State, they got an NFL offensive line, and they get rid of the ball quickly, so they had no chance there. And then uh, with Miami of, of Ohio, who was in game two, they did the same thing. They just threw the ball quick um, and, and didn't throw much, actually. So, um, you know, that that's part of the, it. They, they, they're getting sacks, which takes away that rush average, and, and they got some run stuffers and a good middle linebacker.
1: Well, Mike Grimm, we appreciate your time. Yeah, for sure. Have a good broadcast today. Look and maybe, forward to it. Maybe you're right. Maybe it's a fast game.
5: Yeah, I mean, we could, uh, we, you know, you guys, you guys will, you might be home in time for the, <laughs> uh, you know, for the 6 o'clock kickoff with whoever's playing, you home, know, watch home it. Home for dinner, Home right? for dinner, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To have, have, them, have them have the food ready for you, that's for sure. And a beautiful day, right? I mean, we, uh, we've been in the middle of November, or early November, where it's been 6 degrees, and I think we're going to hit 60 today, guys.
1: Yeah, I told Lauren, I saw people with shorts and T-shirts on in Minneapolis yeah, in November. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> This is it's like unusual. summertime now for <laughs> us <right>. here. <laughs> hey, thanks for your time. Good to see
5: you, as always. Thanks, Mike. Good to see you. Thank you. You got it, Lauren. Thanks.
1: That's Mike Grimm. We'll take a break and be back with more Illini Pella Saturday sports talk here on DWS and 93.9 FM. Back after this. move okay, moving up on 834. Illini Pella Saturday sports talk with you until 9. Fighting Illini game day begins at nine o'clock, Steve Kelly in Minneapolis with Ed Bond, Dave Leak is our producer in Champagne. Lauren, uh, Lauren Tate in the studio with a special guest, Steve Beckett is with us. Good morning, Steve.
0: Morning, Steve. Morning, Lauren. Morning.
1: Take it away. Take well, it away, Lauren.
2: I think we just want to uh, get your feeling about how the university and and uh, how uh, Kofi Co- Coburn were treated by the NCA and. I think everybody's probably familiar with what happened, the fact that he sold some of his equipment, some of the uh, institution-issued e- equipment, and uh, winds up with a three-game suspension. Tuesday night, he can't play against Jackson State. He's got Arkansas State and the trip to Marquette. Those three games, uh, Steve Beckett, he won't be able to play. What? What's your reaction to the way it was handled? Well, first of all, I
0: think the university handled it just right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, that... They sought a waiver. Um, they were open. Uh, what you all, what you just described, uh, the university, that, the university's position was, okay, he did this, uh, but what we have to recognize is that because of the whole name, image, likeness uh, component of college sports now, uh, if he had done today what he did then, that would not be uh, a violation. And the NCAA, instead of having, you know, a national policy about name, image and likeness has adopted the position that name, image and likeness is defined by your state law. Mm -hmm. And so under Illinois law, what Kofi did, that's not, there's no violation. So I look at it sort of this way in a common sense way. In our world, uh, we see things that are changing. Uh, the NCAA had its uh, head handed to it on a plate by the Supreme Court last year. Uh, they're, they're having to step back and reassess their uh, situation, but they still want to think that they are relevant. Uh, and so this is a way that, in a public relations sort of way, they can show that they are relevant by taking an action like this, which, in in my view, defies common sense. The example that, that I give is, let's assume... Uh, In June, before marijuana became legalized on July 1st, somebody was arrested for having a half a gram of marijuana. And now the case is coming to court after the 1st of July for that conduct that, at the time it was committed, was against the law in June. Is there any prosecutor in the state of Illinois that would prosecute that case? Of course not. As a matter of fact, the legislation itself allows everybody who's been convicted of that offense before to have their record expunged and so you have you have sort of a similar situation here where the conduct at the time Kofi did it would have been an NCAA uh, violation but at the time it's being enforced it's not a it is not a violation so you know your common sense tells you that this is really a, a misfortune of the of the worst magnitude for a young man like that the other thing that sort of bothers me about it and of course I've Never been a big fan of the NCAAs anyway because I consider them completely arbitrary and capricious. Uh, you know, North Carolina gets to walk. You know, they have their favorite schools. At least it appears that way for if me. But 18 years of cheating. Yes. <laughs> right. Um, that, uh, you know, the point ought to be that this student athlete should learn from this experience. And you can learn from this experience in a number of ways. And that's why discipline typically... No matter where it is in our society, starts at low and goes to high. The the worse you behave, the higher the discipline. So here we have conduct that really is not. It's marginally illegal because it was illegal, but now it's legal. Okay. Well,
2: even if just even if they hadn't passed the rule, even if the rules were the same, he, he still atoned for what he did. Oh yeah,
0: because the money. The money from uh, as part of the waiver process the money was donated to charity and so he didn't personally gain from this conduct and so again my premise is he could have been reprimanded right don't do it again and this will count against you if you ever get in trouble again that's what reprimands are for mm-hmm. he could have actually been suspended for one game mm-hmm. you know why three games you almost feel like Whoever's making this decision looked at Illinois' schedule and said, "Well, you know, the first two games they don't really amount to much, but that third game—that's against Marquette. That's well, on the apparently road. Apparently,
2: they went ten percent. That, That—that's what the. And you know, words, there could have been thirty percent, but it was ten percent. So they thought they were giving a Illinois a break, I guess. Right. But it, I mean, don't
0: you send the same message with one game—a yeah. one-game suspension? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I look because you know, knowing I was going to come on, I thought, well, let me see. Are, is somebody else suspended? And I found out there's a coach from Texas A&M, Buzz Williams, and he's suspended for two games. Okay? Two games. Not three. Two games. And what's the what's the conduct? Well, he allowed, uh, he had improper contact with a recruit at a time when you're not supposed to have contact. And he had somebody come on the campus and have 24 tryout sessions supervised by an assistant coach.
2: And did they turn themselves th- in? Actually, they did. I looked okay. at. it. They, okay. a- they that's actually, important to me. No,
0: that they actually did. But still, it's a coach who receives a two-game suspension for doing something that uh, affects the competitiveness of, of sports. You know, what did Kofi do? I mean, are those jerseys with Kofi's name on the back really, uh, you know, of value to somebody well, to somebody else? Right.
2: I, I think the the thing to remember is that Kofi thought he was gone. Sure. Kofi thought he was going to turn pro. Kofi thought that there would be enough interest by the NBA that he would be drafted. When he found out that wasn't the case, he changed his mind, and that and you know and and therefore he was he found himself in violation because he never dreamed he was coming back at that point.
0: Right. And it, I guess my perspective, if I was in the NCAA and I know. I'm driven by publicity. I'm driven by money. I want this man, I want this young man back. I, he's good for college athletics. He's, he's a headliner for college basketball. Everybody recognizes that. We ought to welcome him back, realize that he made a mistake, and treat it that way as a really minor mistake. But a three-game suspension, I mean, you're, you're affecting him. You're affecting his uh, season, you're affecting the ultimate outcome for him. Those three games may have been ter- terrific games for him. We won't know, will we?
1: Well, if they, if they were looking for public relations benefits from this, uh, I'm with you on that. Go the other way and, and say, you know, this is a good young man. This is a preseason All-American, the preseason Big Ten Player of the Year, a fine individual, whatever. Um, he paid it back. We'll reprimand you in writing, and we'll match – Your charity donation. Good point. uh, Very good point. I don't know. Something like that. that People might say, well, you know what? Maybe the NCAA, it does have a heart after all.
0: I just think that uh, uh, Lauren was telling me that this is a different committee. This isn't like uh, enforcement.
2: Yeah, it's a reinstatement committee. They basically, uh, he had to be reinstated. and, And that's why they brought, it wasn't the enforcement committee.
0: But, you know, the premise, as far as I'm concerned, is there has to be some level of coordination to send the message out to athletes about how you behave in this circumstance. And the way Kofi behaved, in my view, is a model for anyone in similar circumstances to behave. And so uh, now what's going to happen is the player who's in that situation is going to set, is not going to, it's not going to be reported. Why would you report it? Because the only thing that can happen is bad.
2: And now he could, let's say, sell his shoes for $1,000. If so, He could put his shoes up for auction, or he could buy shoes for 100 bucks and, and put them up for auction at 1000 perhaps and make a profit. Now, you know, it would be perfectly legal.
0: Right, it would. and see That's, <laughs> that's what other, he ought to do. <laughs> yeah, and that's the other underlying principle here is that this isn't going to happen again. It isn't going to happen again.
2: Yeah.
1: We're talking to Steve Beckett and, Lauren, we need to take a quick break. We'll okay. do that. We do have the phone lines open, 217-356-9397. If you'd like to comment on this or anything else that uh, Steve Beckett might have some knowledge on, and that's a, a big, uh, vast universe. So <laughs> stay with us. We're back with more on Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk after this. Welcome back to the show, Line Pella Saturday Sports Talk. We're with you about another 15 minutes or so if you'd like to uh, jump in. Steve Kelly, Lauren Tate, we're visiting with attorney Steve Beckett. You mentioned uh, relevancy for the uh, NCAA and trying to let people know again that they're still relevant with their decision in, on Kofi and maybe some other things as well. What What's your opinion of the, the current status of that organization? How, are, are they reeling, do you think?
0: I think they're reeling. I think they're, they're searching for that relevancy Um, I remind you of the, the whole philosophy behind NCAA enforcement. You know, we live in a free society, and basically we can do anything we want to do so long as we don't violate some law, right? Just basically the basic principle of a free society. The NCAA is just the opposite. Unless they say you can do it, that's the philosophy of their enforcement. You can't do it. And so you may remember, for example, and this goes back a long, long time ago, one of the things that we did to point out uh, Mr. Pearl's problems was he went overseas to the Netherlands and chased Simeon basketball team in his efforts to recruit, you know, my favorite client. And uh, that was against their rules. Now, they ultimately didn't enforce that. That shows the arbitrariness, you know, of it. But it definitely was a violation of the rules because they didn't permit it. And so in the Kofi situation, before they went to this, if it's okay under state law, that would not have been legal because they didn't permit an athlete to sell name, image, license, license, right? And But now it's changed because... State law does permit it, so they've sort of amended their rule by creating this amorphous thing that if it's okay in Illinois, under Illinois law, it's okay. But if it's not okay in Idaho, then that would be a violation of NCAA rules. See, that's, that's kind of crazy. So they really are searching to try to make some sense Don't of Don't you think this.
2: that the federal government ultimately will come up with one, one rule for everybody? At some point, I mean, that's well, you would think you would think the they would,
0: but but then if I was a conservative on the United States Supreme Court, uh, critical of Congress acting using the interstate commerce clause too broadly, I would go, What business does Congress have to do getting involved in college sports, right? I mean, so I'm yeah. not even sure that's a clear cut thing,
2: yeah. Well, I don't know where we go from here, but uh. Illinois has certainly had their problems over the years. But, you know, this is the first case, it seems to me, in a long time. And this is not a serious case. I mean, this is, you know, you turn yourself in and, and you know, you throw yourself on the mercy of the court and the court has no mercy. Right. <laughs> well, for Illinois
0: fans, uh, when we go 3-0, and then this will be a blip in our memories, <laughs> oh, I yeah. suppose. Oh, yeah. But, you know, for those of us who follow this stuff, it just seems so
2: wrong. So unnecessary, yeah. Steve, any other thoughts?
1: No, I've I've, I've been uh, amazed or dismayed, whatever the word right <laughs> me, <laughs> by the NCAA over the years. I uh, I don't know what the future is for that, and uh, I like everybody else was disappointed with this. But what bothered me, I don't even know if it was ever on the table, but there was, you know, a rumor out there that it could have been well, could eight have been or infinity. ten games. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and by the way,
2: uh, Whitman did appeal it. He appealed the three games, and they said, "No, we're going to stay at three games." So, that's where it is.
1: Well, when he made that appeal, he knew that was going to be the answer, I'm sure. But well, you got to, you yeah. got to do it.
2: Well, yeah. Oklahoma State with
0: Lamont Evans, look at that. By yeah. the so, way,
2: your old buddy Pearl is right on the firing line again. This will be the third major uh, infraction, and he's uh, he he in Florida and. There's going to be several schools. You know, they're right in the midst of and They just talked to Wade this past week. The investigators did. So they're trying to bring that case at LSU to a close as they are the one at Auburn. Right.
0: Just so the listeners um, don't be... uh, Misguided, He's not my buddy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, how do you think some of these are going to play out that have been going on forever? The Arizona, the Kansas, the North Carolina, as you mentioned, uh, and yet they've got time to, to, to take care of this what I call minor stuff that, that Kofi was involved in. Are they ever going to get around to really doing something on some of these big ones?
0: Lord only knows. I mean,
2: Well, they're winding down. Right. getting close.
0: Right. History tells us um, that they have, it it seems, that they have favored schools.
2: Yeah, it seems that way. And, and, you know, by the way, uh, Wade was interviewed twice in the last week, so it it sounds like the LSU thing is coming to an end. Do we have a call? We do. Let's go to uh,
1: Joe in Champaign. You're on the air. Go ahead.
4: Yes, I have a question for Lauren. Uh, Lauren, do you know last spring when Kofi was uh, anticipating going into the uh, draft, uh, did he stay in school or did he drop out of school? Do you know?
2: Ooh, I don't know. I don't think he dropped out. He had to stay eligible. Right. I'm sure he did.
0: Uh, I'm sure uh-huh. he had completed his this classes. Is
2: probably in the summer that he didn't have classes. Right. I mean,
0: uh, assuming that he had a, uh, an advisor, which I'm sure he did, yeah. uh, At in athletics at Illinois, they they certainly would have told him you need to keep your options open, and uh-huh. one of those options would be to maintain eligibility.
2: Well, this was in June and July, but yeah, I'm sure he, I'm not sure, but I doubt that he was attending any classes then. Summer class, summer period. Right. And and by the way, you know, he was 27 days shy of, uh, of missing the, of, you know, being in on the nil when he did this. He he was he, he did it 27 days after he. Put his equipment up for sale; it w- it became el- it became
1: legal. I
4: see. Thank you. Yep. yep.
1: Thanks, Joe. We have a text with a question of what benefit does a college and university get from belonging to the NCAA?
0: They get money, lots of money, lots and lots and lots of money. They get uh, the best uh, level of competition. Well, you have Are to you have have to have it? an organization. Yeah, I mean, you do. You
2: can't just play you know everybody uh when you say ncaa you're talking about all the institutions right
0: they all have input well you know you stop and think of the benefit we get from being in the big 10 conference and it's huge we get a similar benefit from being in the ncaa Yep.
2: 852
1: steve anything else you'd like to add
0: no thanks for having me always good to see you guys i got to see the new, new digs and uh Happy birthday again, Lauren. Oh, thank I, you. I was able to attend the Lauren Tate soiree last night. It was quite an event.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're sorry we missed that. We were on the on the airplane heading up here to Minneapolis, but I'm sure a good time was had by all. Did you close the place down, Lauren? Well pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yes. uh,
2: there were a couple there that that weren't budging, but uh, yes, I, I went home. We were there from five thirty to nine.
1: Okay, that's not exactly closing the place no, down, no. but no, you, no. I it guess is for well, me,
0: at our age, <laughs> you're oh, right. One thing Lauren said, he stood up and said he invited everybody back for the party ten years from now,
2: if they can make it. <laughs> if they can make
1: it, <laughs> if they can make it, <laughs> you'll be there, but maybe we won't. <laughs> hey, Steve, thanks a lot. Appreciate Thank it.
0: Thank you, Steve.
1: Lauren, uh, let's uh, talk a little basketball. We were kind of on that subject at the beginning there with. Uh, a commitment in the class of 2024, but uh, the uh, Illinois season opens up on Tuesday night. Uh, time for some real games.
2: Yeah, I think we're all interested in seeing how well Payne plays yeah. uh, in in taking Kofi's place for these next three games. This is a big a big opportunity for him to show more than he has shown in the first two exhibitions. When he basically was the backup for Kofi, now he's going to be playing, and then he will later on he will be the backup for Kofi during the season. I think unless uh, unless uh, maybe. Uh, uh, there's also the possibility Coleman Hawkins could uh, could uh, find a, a, a slot there to, to play in addition to his power forward he could be a backup center at 610 if he can play defensively well enough and I think that position uh, that will ultimately be determined by who plays the best defense that's what I think I
1: agree and I was going to mention uh, Coleman Hawkins he's looked good so far in the uh, practices and uh, exhibition games that uh, we've been able to see that I guess that's the, if, if you're going to get hit with something like this, you don't want your your first-team All-American to be affected. But he is, and that's a fact. But there's a benefit to having 14 guys on the bench, too.
2: Yeah, ultimately, the reason the defense is so important is because there's so many great centers in the Big Ten. I think uh, I saw the other day where of the top six centers in the nation, five of them are from the Big Ten and Hunter Dickinson and Williams of Purdue and just the, the various guys around the uh, Liddell. There are just a lot of good guys in the post area that are hard to stop, and uh, that's, that's where Kofi comes in handy. And, you know, defensively, that'll, that'll be the important thing, I think.
1: Here's the uh, Big Ten football schedule. Illinois and Minnesota lead it off at 11 o'clock, same time that Ohio State plays at Nebraska. Penn State is at Maryland at 2.30. Wisconsin at Rutgers at 2.30. Michigan State at Purdue at 2.30. Iowa in Evanston against Northwestern at 6. Indiana plays at Michigan tonight at 6.30. Illinois Volleyball, number 25 Illinois against number 9 Minnesota coming up tonight at 6 o'clock at Huff Hall. And second round playoff games in the high school Area teams involved, including uh, Monticello and Arcola, and others. St. Joe, of course, and uh, Centennial playing a game uh, coming up this afternoon as well.
2: A whole bunch of afternoon games in, in, in high school football. That's it's a it's a wild day of football if you count all the. You know, you know there's, there's also there's Oregon's playing against Washington. That's a, Oregon's trying to stay in the hunt, and and this. Uh, the Cincinnati dispute is going to stay with us the rest of the season as to whether they make that final four, assuming they can uh, finish the season undefeated. It's it's a uh, it's a wild period of time here for football.
1: Well, we'll see how Illinois bounces back after that uh, disappointing loss, 20 to 14 to Rutgers last week. And uh, Mike Grimm mentioned uh, Brandon Peters having a uh, you know uh, his one of his better games uh, certainly this year, better. Halves, maybe better quarter, is a better way to put it. But to, to see if they can get something going, because Minnesota is just uh, just one of the best behind only Wisconsin in the Big Ten is stopping the run.
2: Yeah, they are, and, and Illinois is going to have to do a, have a good mix of the two things because one a success in one should make the other better. I mean, if you are running the football and the other team is concerned about the run, then that should help you making make the passes because the defense, if the defense is set for the run, that should help the passing game. So one should help the other. So far, that has not been the case for Illinois this season.
1: Here's maybe a meaningless stat, but interesting just the same. Brett Bielma is 7-0 and against Minnesota. <laughs>
2: Well, I know he had a different team. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He had a couple Big Ten championship teams. And you teams know, and, and this is, you know, and Minnesota wasn't quite there yet. Yep. Uh, and since since they got Fleck, well, you know, they they've had a pretty good football team for for a few years before Fleck got there. He he inherited a good team, which is diff- The difference, uh, you know, at Illinois, which you can't say that that uh, Bielema inherited a, a really good team because he, Illinois was a losing team under Lovey before. So, But uh, but uh, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, Steve, I think uh, Minnesota won about nine games the year before Fleck got there. Am I wrong?
1: No, you're not, and they went to a bowl game. Yeah. Lauren, thanks. That's going to take care of us. Fighting Illini game day with Lauren Tate, Scott Beatty, and others is coming up next. Thanks for listening to Illini Pella Saturday. Sports Talk, everybody. Talk to you soon.